Welcome to the Calibre podcast, brought to you by the Watches of Switzerland Group. This month sees the first anniversary of our Calibre podcasts, and to celebrate, we've got a great episode featuring watch journalist husband and wife duo Alex Doke and Laura McGreedy Doke. They sit with CEO Brian Duffy to discuss their careers, watch gifting for him and for her, and to take a look at some iconic and niche watches. We hope you enjoy. Well, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to our uh, latest podcast uh, for the Watches of Switzerland Group. My name is Brian Duffy. I'm the CEO of, uh, of the group, and uh, delighted that you can join us again. Um, I have a very interesting uh, uh, chat that we're looking forward to with uh, Alex Doak and Laura McCready Doak, uh, a unique husband and wife team in the in the world of uh, freelance journalism and, uh, and watches. And, and you've both been in the world of. Uh, of watch journalism for uh, for some years. In fact, it's how you met, I understand, correctly. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Good morning, Brian. Um, yeah, we met not that long ago, but I've been writing about watches for 15 years now. I've, yeah. I've it's my 15th Basel this oh, year, right. which is terrifying, really. Give you look way too young. <laughs> Thanks. Actually, yeah, well, I'm even younger than you think. It's just the, yeah, the process of going <laughs> to 15 Basels has yeah. that uh, effect. Yeah, yeah but I, I said it was 2011 that we met on a press trip in Seville with Piaget. It was with Piaget. Yeah. And then we... Was it the Gouverneur? Yes, I think so. Yeah, and then the Gouverneur launches, yeah. of course. And then, then after that, Longines. Um, and that's, that's when I knew she... Because okay. two press trips. <laughs> we, we are, we, we've talked a lot, you know, about, uh, about luxury watches and the, the emotional element of, you know, watches and special occasions and so on. But, but that's a wonderful emotional romantic story that you actually met over a product launch in a <laughs> romantic city like Seville and, uh, and, and here you, you both are you know some eight years later so a uh, lovely story and lovely to have you both here and uh, uh, looking forward to chat um, we're going to chat about uh, watches and sort of gift giving um, all of our podcasts uh, uh, up till now have been very sort of educational talking about history talking technically about you know different uh, uh, kinds of watches and so on uh, but this episode uh, will go out and lead up to Christmas time, and uh, we're conscious that a lot of people are looking to buy watches at Christmas time as a, as gifts for a for a loved one. And we thought we'd talk mm-hmm. through, you know, special occasions, gifts, what what you guys would think would be a good good items for a, a considering for a, for Christmas gifts and so on, and whatever else we, mm-hmm. we chat about at watches. I'm I'm sure it'll. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fun, but but how did you find your way into the, the world of watches? So you both independently were watch journalists, but uh, indeed, how did that indeed. come about? Um, I was, uh, it was my first week at Retail Jeweler, I took over the trade title, right. and my then editor couldn't leave the office, she was supposed to go to SIHH, yep. and so I turn up there thinking, well this is nice, and sit in the first presentation, and suddenly it's turbions and rapropant and flyback chronographs and I'm sitting there going I have no idea about any of this but it seems absolutely fascinating and I sort of took myself on a bit of an educational tour trying to learn as much as I could and actually it was a very opportune time because more and more publications were starting to require articles about watches so it spiralled from there so it's partly a real love of an industry that I knew absolutely nothing about and really wanted to learn more and partly sort of wanting to educate myself as well. Yeah, which I, mean, I think is a typical journey in the world of watches, isn't it? That we find that once, you, once it grips you and you learn something about it, you get intrigued, that then that's it, you're, you're gone. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're, you're, you're learning forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, the difference between us two is that uh, Laura is actually a journalist. <laughs> so she just added the word watch in front of that. I, yep. was, I was neither when I started out. I did biochemistry and then went into medical editing. Right. And it was just a desire to, to work on a magazine that meant I sidestepped within the same agency into this new magazine they were launching called QP. Um, so ah. I, I started there at 23. Yep. Um, again, flabbergasted that a watch could cost a grand, let alone 50. Um, but loved it. And my dad was a bit of a fan as well. So, you know, he, he supported me. Plus, he, he worked for lots of uh, very risky publishing ventures. So he couldn't really warn me off that. Um, otherwise, that would be a bit hypocritical. Not so but, risky. Uh, QP's still around. <laughs> QP's still around. How wrong he was. Um, so, yeah, I stayed at QP for a few years and, uh, and then went into contract publishing for, for luxury titles at a different agency. And 
and then but I, ca- I kept the watch writing gigs and on in the background as Laura said things are you know, really snowballing in terms of coverage uh, and so it got to a critical mass where I could actually just kind of cut ties and be a freelancer from 2011 which is actually when I met Laura she was probably one of the people who encouraged me the most to do that so right. here we are Lovely. still writing about watches and actually not a lot else no, really. you're right. So and you do things together or are you always operate independently or are we we talk, you're doing something unique? Oh, dinner time is very much a... We uh, talk bus- a lot together about bus- watches. Yeah. yeah, we do. Nothing, nothing but... Um, now, Laura's freelance as well. Um, since you know, having a child, it kind of works in terms of childcare and like, yep. being more flexible. Um, we, we actually share work and, and you know, do things jointly like this, yep. like the occasional uh, writing gig. So we, you know, we share um, things. So it, it does help to talk things over with someone else because we don't have yep. that office environment where you can... Yeah pinball ideas of other people it's just the two yeah. of us going um what do you think what's this is this a good angle which is why when our four-year-old daughter pretends to go to work i was like oh really what, what do you what do you have to do um looking at pictures of watches no oh, yeah yeah because that's all she sees us doing yeah um, no, no, i think you mentioned she's already got a preference at the age of four well oh, she insisted on a diving watch yeah with a bezel yeah she knows the word bezel yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so she got one yeah, yeah. Oh, great well delighted that it all happened and that uh, <laughs> and that you're both here with us and uh, so we are going to talk gift giving have you guys gifted one of our watches over the years well that's that's the thing you say oh how romantic that we let, met through the world of watches in fact one of the less romantic things that Laura said to me initially is that if, if this ever picks up and goes somewhere as a relationship, don't you ever dare propose to me with a solitaire diamond <laughs> ring um, because that's just such a cliche. And I think that was just because of your, your years working on retail jeweler as well. You kind of got sick of that world. Uh, but uh, so, yes, I, the first watch I gifted Laura, in fact, anyone, was the watch I proposed with. A Zenith Moon Phase diamond set. It had to have some diamonds on it. So, yep. a diamond set Moon Phase. I, I proposed in Paris with that, and then Laura recipro- and I reciprocated and bought him a Nomos Metro Which as, a, as an engagement gift. Oh, lovely! This this just goes deeper and deeper. <laughs> I'm welling up at the whole story. I don't, I don't know where we're headed, but, uh, but that's great. You know what? It's something that uh, we obviously do watching jewellery within our chain. And uh, a trend that we love is that uh, on engagement, when the solitaire, you know, uh, is, is offered and uh, is bought, the guy now is get, is getting something of equivalent value. You know, uh, more commonly, a more commonly a watch. So mm-hmm. In watch form, it's a great yeah. combination. That uh, obviously, from our business standpoint. But, uh, yeah, and I wasn't expecting a normal in return, so I I did pretty well out of it. Yeah, I'm wearing it right but now. Just, I love it. It felt wrong that you were giving me something and you were not getting anything in return yeah. well yeah your sexual equality you're a feminist and all that so I was, yeah, if that means I get a watch brilliant yeah, yeah. No, no, great. and anything subsequently any other watches or have you bought for yourself since then or? I'm well, about no. to buy you a watch for your 40th yeah I'm, I'm yeah you're about to, you are yes, about, about to buy them. Um, it's, yeah. it's not in the country yet. We don't think it's the yeah. new, the new Tissot Heritage 1973. Oh, cool. yes. That really cool racy yeah. job. Uh, cool. I, I really wanted a Valjoux chronograph movement, and oh, right. this, this seemed the, the right time. Uh, but I, I, I just, you've, you've already turned forty, haven't you, Laura? Yeah. So I just got your leather jacket. So <laughs> no watch for you, I'm afraid. <laughs> you've, oh, had, you've had some nice watches inflicted upon you. Inflicted upon me? What do you mean? Picasso. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that was the first watch I was gifted. My, it wasn't a Picasso. Oh, gosh, yeah, well, there, there was the Timex from my sister. That's uh, the Timex data link that meant you can go bring up a kind of put a floppy disk into your computer and it brings up a barcode representing all the important meetings and uh, appointments that an eight-year-old would obviously have. Uh, And you kind of hold the Timex data link in front of the barcode on the the computer screen. It downloads all these important pressing engagements as an eight-year-old would have. And then, yes, my leaving present, sorry if anyone's listening from uh, uh, ASNK communications out there, uh, but my leaving present, when I left QP uh, magazine in 2007, they thought it'd be appropriate to get me one of those uh, placky, gold Casio digital watches. They became the hipster watch of choice yeah, about yeah, yeah. six years. It still is. Yeah. Still is. Uh, yeah. Every barman in Shoreditch is still wearing this thing. And it just it catches my hairs. I thought, yeah, are you doing, are you doing this ironically? Or is this thoughtful? So yeah. that was inflicted on me. I'm sure it was me. And you have a lovely high school musical watch. <laughs> sorry? And you have a lovely high school musical watch with Zac Efron on it. Yes, yeah. You have a lovely watch, sorry? High school musical watch with Zac Efron on the dial. That's oh, right. courtesy of my best man. Yeah. Uh, so that's hilarious too. Yeah, um, so yeah, uh, we've, we've yeah, had things inflicted, and we we self gift. But yes, in terms of us as a husband and wife um, situation, yeah, I'd yeah. say it's, it's the, the ones we mentioned 
many more to come, hopefully. I'm, I'm sure, and maybe we'll get uh, we'll stimulate some ideas as we talk through. Too right, yes. Potential watches for the for Christmas <laughs> gifts. Uh, you mentioned uh, Basel. What's your what's your feeling about Basel? What's the future? Oh, there's a future. There is a future. Yeah. A future. It just needs to adapt. Yeah, it, it, and it is adapting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think this year was a, was. It felt cold, maybe, but then because, that's because none of us have adjusted to the Swatch Group not being there anymore. Yep. I think I'm really interested to see what happens next year because I think that's when the team that are now behind it will really have had chance to kind of get some momentum to implement some ideas. Yep. So I kind of want to hold off judgment on Basel until next year, though yep. it being in conjunction with SIHH, I'm not so happy about. Yes. No, it's not. a long old slog. Oh, yeah, it's going to be kind of two and a half weeks out of your life for. <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah, but as a two weekends go and the whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not so happy about that. And also, you know, we miss Geneva in the winter, which we quite like. Yeah. Yeah, they turned the swimming, uh, the public swimming bath into a a fondue restaurant, which is a little sort of date night that we like to have away from, dump the child in Britain. In Geneva? Yeah, Yeah. Vivette du Bain. The swimming bars, where you would normally change, Ah. is a... It's a really rowdy atmosphere. It's fantastic. I'd I'd recommend anyone going there if they go to Geneva in in the winter. Walk that treacherous, icy walk down the jetty. It's even more treacherous on the way back. Even more treacherous (laughs) on the way back because the wine's very nice. But it's the best fondue you could ever have. They make it cremant. In the traditional way, so it's, it's bubbly. We do something similar. You know the Edelweiss Hotel? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they have the big fondue thing. Do they? And they have these, uh, the entertainment is a couple of old traditional sort of, and it's all that farming thing. So the guy playing the solo. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, creating percussion sounds, you know, with, with big old uh, buckets and whatever. And, and then a keyboard in the middle of it all. But, uh, and it's fondue and with wine. Cool. So we always make sure we have one evening. There with, uh, with that the sounds team. bonkers. And it was my mum. I used to live in Geneva. I mentioned earlier. Of course. My mum loved this. <laughs> absolutely loved it. She did. She didn't see it as quiche or whatever. She she saw it as really entertaining. She absolutely loved it. Uh, bless her. But uh, yeah, we, we go there. Uh, so day. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look out the swimming bath. So that sounds interesting. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Bouvette des Bains. You heard it here first. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, to add to what Laura is saying, I do think the Basel's changing. For the the good I think those changes were being implemented before all the kind of the departures the swatch group exit and all the all that kind of controversy um, but I also agree with what they're, they're saying which is it, it can't boil down to one annual event where we all get an aeroplane yep. and go to a big shed on the outside of a city it has to be a, an ongoing brand platform if you like yep. that, that brands engage with and us as journalists and consumers and retailers engage with all year round yep. so that's that kind of cookies yet to crumble, but you know, well, we'll see. It's all yeah. for the good. Yeah, and, and I feel like you do. I mean, I so my first Basel was five years ago, and uh, I was so overwhelmed in a positive way with it. I mean, it, you, you're brain dead after a couple. You know, yes. particularly like you said when you met, you, you heard about watches for the first time. Uh, I had a few nice watches, but I had no idea no. the technicalities of watches until I got into the industry. But uh, that first visit to Basel, going from one to the other, I, I just couldn't tell the difference b- between watches at the, end, but, uh, at the end of it. But I was so impressed by it all. And you do come Pretty out amazing. just going, 50 grand? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Nice. that's yeah. fine. You go in, like, you just get price blind, don't yeah. you? Yeah. It's mad. But it's, as, a, as, a, as a place to go to, I, if, it, if it ever stops, I'd be very upset because just still 16, 15, 16 years down the line, walking through those gates yeah. and the being confronted with excitement. Yeah. You know, Rolex and, and Hublot and Chopard towering over you. Yep. Um, it's extraordinary. Well, I mean, I think the thing that's going to guarantee its continuity is Rolex are very, very supportive. Patek are very, very supportive. So that's kind of half of the luxury world taken care of then. And uh, I think others will come in line. But I think it was a real wake-up call uh, to the organisers. I don't think they were, were doing everything they should have done for the participants, like uh, like you guys as journalists and us as uh, retailers. So... Um, We'll, uh, we'll see. Um, so we, we are going to talk about you know watches as um, uh, uh, as as gifts, and we're going to talk about it around Christmas time and our ideas and thoughts about particular watches. But I mean, they've always it's always been a great category for gifts. Some really famous gifting, you know, and you know one that we've talked about in the past was a Marilyn Monroe to JFK. You know, yep. that one was uh, engraved to Jack Love Always. Apparently he kept it for a week, you know, and uh, and then thought this might get me in some trouble uh, <laughs> mm, overall. Yes. But um, 
been very, some very famous gifts over the years. Was and a Beyonce so gift? Jay's had some absolutely extortionate watch. Was it? Wasn't it, it wasn't a fully iced Hublot, was it? Probably. Something like that. Among yeah, many sounds likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that recent example of Steve McQueen's, um, I think it was a, a Rolex that he gifted to his stunt guy. Yep. Um, you know, engraved on the back. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a talismanic thing, a wristwatch. It's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a thing that can last a lifetime if you keep it serviced. It's, it's an, an eternal, emotional, it's the gift of time. Yep. So I think it'll always be a gift like that. And it's but something that's always on your wrist, so you always think of the person that gifted it to you as you're wearing it. Yep. Exactly. But we are talking about gifting for Christmas here. And Brian, you were saying earlier in our little chat that actually that's not, there's not been such an emphasis on gifting watches at Christmas time, no, nope, nope. from a from a retailer or from a brand standpoint, that hasn't been really focused on in a way that the consumers actually focused mm. on it. There is a really nice sp- uh, spike in business that happens in the, in the lead up to Christmas, but none of us, have, I don't think, sufficiently sort of planned for it or prepared for it or, or communicated well enough with the audience out there. So we are going to do that this year. We have a big mm. campaign that we're going to put out uh, with a, a gift that lasts a lifetime. As our, uh, as, as our line. It's perfect. Um, and the things that we think are different, the, the way that the, the, uh, the, the business will change, is that throughout the year, people are getting more and more informed about watches yeah. today. You know, the, so the days of people coming in and saying, I've got 10 grand, what do you recommend? I think are pretty much gone because everybody's doing their research online and uh, coming in with a really clear idea of Clutching the, a magazine. They want. <laughs> yes. Laura tells me to... Yes. Alex has told me this. Yep, your your great uh, followers, of course, just do, doing everything that you guys recommended <laughs> and others. Well, we like to think so. Yeah, we like to think so, as it sounds. But at Christmas time, and 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 again, from our statistics, it, it, it builds every week. It's the last six weeks before Christmas, and it's literally building every week. So you've got people with very little time, probably with less knowledge, uh, probably doing it as a surprise overall. So they haven't even asked. Uh, you know, or they might have some idea. They they may not. So, so less, generally less informed overall, yeah. Yeah. and uh, and therefore what we are certainly hope, uh, uh, planning that our team will, will do is really respond to that customer and really help them through That's understanding you know what are the popular watches and why and and what might appeal to whoever that they are buying for. Um, so I just uh, put together some ideas of, uh, of of watches that we would uh, focus on. One other thing about Christmas we should mention too is that the, um, a big increase in uh, women's uh, watches. So it's a, a very obvious traffic of men buying, buying for women, uh, buying yeah. for women at, uh, at Christmas time. And I think I mentioned too, our biggest spike is at the airport. And so yeah. we, we can work out exactly what's happening there. The guy that's very time poor, yep. uh, but is travelling in business, you know, has, has, a, has planned to do shopping at the airport, where we are, obviously, we watch the Switzerland very big. Mm-hmm. It's um, the, the only opportunity you do get to shop if you're... A peripatetic globetrotting businessman yep. or businesswoman for yep. that matter it's either that or, or online these days and again yeah. our online really spikes, spikes big time at Christmas time so about, so what would you think of uh, some of the ones I've put together here as, uh, as ideas of Christmas gifts Odomar I know you're Odomar yeah. fans uh, but it's something we overall. were talking about actually when we were talking last night about this podcast and what's really interesting is everything you picked out is exactly what we said if you're buying at Christmas don't go out there, don't pick something unusual or niche, go with the classics, because yep. generally, as you're saying, it's a less informed buyer, yep. so they're probably thinking, well, my wife's mentioned Cartier, don't think that they want a bagnoire, they probably want a tank, Yes. and it's the exactly. same with your husband, if they say they want a Rolex, you know, it's probably going to be a Submariner, if you can get one, um, <laughs> yep. so it, it's, it's a case of don't go off-piece, try and think classic, and also maybe think what holes your other half has in their watch wardrobe so if you've noticed that they only have a dress watch maybe think they might want a sports watch or a diving watch yeah exactly so it's just looking for those holes but keeping it simple and do and do stick to the bigger brands yes exactly the Um, brands that are well known and even if even if the recipient doesn't really know much about breitling or cartier or jeje le coach um, at least they'll they'll recognise the name, the logo. Yep. They'll, they've seen the posters. You can't or even get away their from it. Might recognise it. Oh, it's nice. Your husband bought you a Brightling. Oh, yep. such and such has got one of those. Yeah, the tennis club. I've always yep. wanted one of those. So yep. yeah, keep it clean, keep it classic. Yep. Um, don't don't take too many risks and keep the gift the gift receipt. So, <laughs> but no, sorry. That's, that's, that's no, 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 absolutely. No, we're here to, we're here to make sure you get it right yeah. rather than wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. so ignore but, that. But nevertheless, you've got to have that feel as well <laughs> if you get it wrong. Of, of course. course. But 
you, you mentioned Odemar. Yeah. Uh, start with A, I suppose. I mean, we're, we're both huge fans of Odemar, and yep. you can't go wrong with a Royal Oak, can you? It's, uh, I was lucky enough to own one in the past, and I, I loved it. It went with everything. It was, yep. it was, it was the, you know, it invented the idea of a, a luxury steel sports watch. Yep. It's a very versatile thing. So again, keep it clean, keep it classic. Maybe with a sprinkle of diamonds. Yep. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with an offshore. Nothing wrong with an offshore. Yep. Yeah, even even a lady's offshore. Yep. You can start but it still that. takes that classic code, the octagonal bezel, but it's a bit more fun, maybe. Yep. Indeed, indeed. And again, something we find not surprising in, the, in women's watches is women don't want, a, you know, a seriously downsized men's no. watch for something like an Audemars. You want a big watch. You mm. want a big oh, item of jewellery to go to wear. And yeah, you want, want to... You want it to be, yeah, embody the values, the DNA of that brand. Yeah. You don't want it to be a, a bit of an odd one, a yeah. bit of a, a strange example of one. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I think also you mentioned uh, women don't want a kind of a diminutive thing. I think yep. the days we, we used to call them shrink pink yeah. watches, you know, take a man's watch, make it smaller, make it pink, maybe put some diamonds on it. Swiss watch companies are, are very attuned to um, actually the female self-purchaser now throughout the rest of the year yep. at Christmas. Um, and actually designing four women with a clean sheet of paper, yep. uh, which is great. Small can sometimes be okay. I mean, I know we're jumping around here, but you picked up the um, Piaget um, Possession. Yes, the Possession, yeah. That's a delicate watch, but yep. it's been designed for a woman. It's not like they shrunk the Piaget yes. Polo S. No. And well, it's a proper yep. cocktail yep. watch, isn't it's it? Like you you watch couldn't even make it bigger yeah. for a man. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I could put that off. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But yeah, Odemar. Yeah, I can't hard to imagine that one, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so you mentioned Breitling uh, earlier, again, Breitling, uh, yep. again, very recognisable brand for sure. That Super Ocean if you, for gifting is was one of my standouts for Basel. I absolutely oh, yeah. love it. It's so nice. The, the smaller one, the 36mm. So, yeah, yeah. so few white, women's, yeah. proper women's divers. Yep. Like men have so much choice when it comes to diving watches. Yes. Women really don't. I mean, like, okay, there is like, you can dive with a show part, happy is it Happy Ocean? Which yep. is good to 300 with the diamonds. I mean, all those yep. sorts of things are fun, but that Brightling Super Ocean yep. has all those proper diving watch codes that you just don't seem to get for women. It, yep. Yeah, it functions, doesn't it? It's yep. got a proper bezel, it's, yep. it's properly water resistant, but it looks fun. And yep. it's and very much a proper Brightling. Yes, uh, absolutely. To the earlier point, so you, they've not compromised on anything but just made it super cool. For yeah, the, I love uh, it. No, I, think, I think they've done really well with the Super Ocean this year. They've, I mean, they've, they've yep. reduced the whole... Um, sub-collection or collection of it, I guess um, to, to stand apart from the heritage of Super Ocean I presume which they've always been mostly focused on yep. and uh, yeah it's just you, you think you can't how, how do you do a diving watch a different way you know it's, should, yep. it's all been done if you need those kind of tropes in there in the sort of functional yep. sense but no they've, they've, they've done well I love yeah, the but big, big numerals yeah but the beautiful white dial yep. with the white rubber strap I and mean, it really, really looks like a, a beautiful item Overall, 2,760 quid. So and it's, amazing. Uh, yeah, again, I, I think very affordable. And uh, we loved everything that happened with Navitimer. Of course, of course. This year and, uh, love it with this touch of uh, the one that we're looking at here, the 46 millimeter with the, the touch of rose. Yes, very nice. Gold round, uh, round the bezel and a proper bezel. Yeah, you know, absolutely. One that will never figure out what it's doing, but it looks it looks really cool. At the end of the day, every I think most men with a passing interest in watches know the Breitling Navitimer. It is the yeah. original pilot's desirable pilot's watch, yeah. and it's still it's amazing. It's barely changed at all in terms of its yeah. the you know the slide rule calibration, the the layout of the subdials. It's all still there since yeah. the fifties. And can, do you know why it works? Absolutely not. <laughs> of course not. I had a calculator at school. Yeah. I don't know how a logarithmic scale works, but, yeah, yeah. but uh, no. I think doesn't it come yeah. with a like a massively massive thick instruction book? Yeah. <laughs> no really I've seen nobody has ever going to read. But, uh, if you asked yeah. a pilot how to navigate using his slider, I think yeah. he'd struggle. Yeah, but all we need to know is that at some time they did. Yes, at they some did. Time, this is what was, you know, it's uh, amazing. What was directed. Well, at some time, you know, kids in schools had slide rules. I think my dad tried right. I had a slide stuff. rule, and I had the whole logarithm. Uh, you, know, you did the, the, the table. So you should be able to work out how to make that. I like. should, yes. I've been embarrassed by saying that I've never really tried. I asked some of our guys when we did it because we did a, a, a podcast on pilots' watches. And uh, they did manage to cobble together some explanation. <laughs> uh, they're probably up all night swatting to try and uh, try and get away with it. <laughs> um, so uh, you mentioned Cartier earlier, and Cartier, I mean, classic for, uh, for classic. Christmas time, for, yep. uh, for sure. And very, very right, recognisable product. And other things that are really popular that Cartier do very well, combination of steel and diamonds. 
Works very, very well in the UK. So that's what we're looking at there, the tank francaise. I love that. Yeah. It's just, like you say, it's just that classic. With, with, because it's Cartier, you sort of almost get a high jewellery take on a sports yes. watch. Because no, exactly. that's where they're, you know, they've got a lot of background in jewellery and stain setting. So you know that's going to be exquisite diamonds, beautifully set. Yep. Would you say that they were, in, in terms of design, predominantly coming from that jewellery aspect? Like the, the watch is benefiting from the sensitivity that only a jeweller could have. Yeah, I do. I mean, the, 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 they're, they're famed for their case shapes. I'm looking at the Ballon Bleu here, which yep. works as, as, as a ladies' watch and as a men's watch, yep. despite its kind of soft feminine curves. Um, and I'd, I'd say that you know their, their ability to sort of mould, massage the what's actually quite a like, confined set of parameters that a watch has to be within on yep. your wrist you know round or square with a strap and everything their ability to toy with all these different shapes over the years yeah. it does seem to be a dialogue between the two sides of Cartier you know the high jewelry and the watches yes. and I, th- I think that that's why you do end up with such unusual case shapes as you're saying yeah because there's a little bit more freedom with jewelry you'll hmm. play with more forms you're not confined yes. and I think they do bring that to their watchmaking yes and and uh, and, and the way that a seamless integration of the of the bracelet to and, and the silky famous smooth. bracelet, of course. Silky smooth. Yeah, yeah the, a lot of a lot of the stories recently will focus on the Santos, rightly so, because yep. since that was re- reintroduced a couple of years ago, you know the the, the quick quick link bracelet yep. and everything's genius. Yep. Um, the softer, rounded so shoulders inspired by the Eiffel Tower, so the legend goes. But yep. I actually still a massive fan of the Ballon Blue. I reckon. It's good enough for Kate Middleton. It's good enough for Kate Middleton. It's good enough for Alex. Um, But just those curves. They're so silky smooth. As a man's or a woman's? Both. I mean, mean, would you wear it? I would. I would wear the uh, the bigger one, obviously. I wasn't suggesting you wear the 33mm. But under a French cuff. Yeah. With a black tie or whatever. Mm. I've always regarded my car to use a kind of tuxedo uh, watch because I think it looks very, very uh, uh, elegant. Uh, but, and on my list is this uh, uh, oh, Lars Santos here actually uh, I think that looks spectacular and, uh, and obviously it's probably the, the first ever really iconic wristwatch yep. absolutely uh, it's, yeah. ama- it's amazing it's, it's actually quite an involved design surprisingly yep. involved one might say convoluted design from, yep. from someone like Cartier and yet it hasn't again it hasn't changed that, nope. that square bezel with the kind of slight kind of tapered bit at the top and the bottom you think that shouldn't work that shouldn't last over 100 years yep. but it has yep. and I love seeing the exposed screws and all yes, just like exactly. the see in Odemar as well but, uh, but I think that's a beautiful and again you know unmistakably Cartier with the, the Roman numerals and the Chemin de Fer and that's the, uh, the first you see of Gordon Gecko in Wall Street it starts with a yep. close up of his wrist as he yells they don't, pre- don't know their preferred stock from their livestock yep and they pull out, and he's got this kind of gold on gold Santos. And you think, well, well if Gordon Gecko is wearing this as a status yeah. symbol, then you know it's good enough for anyone, yeah. really, isn't it? It was another JFK watch, actually. Yeah, it was. The tank. It was. He, he wore most there. Yeah, and apparently Andy Warhol had a Cartier tank, and it was such. He just wore it because it was iconic. He never wound it. It never had the correct time. Oh, really? But he just wanted a Cartier on his wrist because yeah. it was such an icon. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Learn something new every day. That's another new anecdote I'll put out at the right, uh, the right occasion. Better check yeah. your facts before Brian does that. Yeah, we'll be back to you. I think you I'm not sure. I, right. No, you're right. No, he never said it. He never yeah. said it. Well, never Even if it. it's not true, I'll just make it true. You know, <laughs> he wore it as jewellery. That's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That, that goes back to what we were saying. He said he, he didn't need to know the time. He, he was just such a beautifully designed watch. He wore it as jewellery. Yeah. yeah, so it goes back to Cartier being yeah, the watch's benefit from their jewellery yeah. expertise. Yeah. And at least it was right twice a day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Cartier is huge in the US. You know, we, we, we launched in the US two years ago and we're, we're now almost market leader in the US. And it's really interesting to um, to see the comparisons. And actually, there's more in common than, than you might imagine. But one of the differences of the Cartier in the US, um, hugely popular with men, uh, actually more so than it is here in the UK. It's changing here in the UK. It's growing more with men, but uh, in the US, it's really big as a men's watch. Do they tend to have a preference for mechanical over quartz or vice versa or does it matter? The trend again in America so the quartz watch for, for Cartier was, was big with the, with the tank not, not that long ago but it was a huge trend both with uh, with all uh, luxury um, uh, 
quartz watches the trend is for a huge decline mm. in favour of mechanical. Oh, that's good. And what, you're getting, what you're getting is Cartier's in-house mechanical movement every time, I yep. believe now, yeah. which, yep. is, which is quite something. Yep. And whenever we get asked about you know, smart technology and whatever, that's a reference we always give that today people are rejecting 1970s technology <laughs> in favour of traditional you know, mechanical craftsmanship. But that's a huge trend of uh, women's uh, uh, towards mechanical uh, away from her. Well, since well, this year, this year marks the 50th anniversary of Seiko's Astron, doesn't it? Yes. That launched on December. yeah Christmas Day, yeah. 1969. They yeah. they like like Indiana Jones snatching his fedora as the door closed yeah. on 1969. Seiko um, releases that onto the world, and and I've written a couple of things about. Quartz, and I, I've had discussions with people. Like this, it is quartz is cool because of this because of smartwatches. Yep. actually, quartz has a heritage now. There's a, there's yep. there's enough distance, and it seems and the Swiss kind watch of survived. I think yes. it was on his knees. We were really talking so about it's, this. Yes, so the, now the smartwatch is like theoretically the Apple Watch is theoretically a bit of a, a new quartz. threat yep. to the Swiss industry. We're actually kind of feeling a little bit kind of warm and fuzzy about quartz again. Yeah. Um, and and it is kind of kind of cool retro tech. If you take the back off, it does yep. look like something from. I don't know, Battlestar Galactica or like something underneath, you know, Hans Solo and Chewie met, you know, messing him out with spanners yeah. in the hull of the Millennium Falcon. It's, uh, so, of course, it's cool, I reckon. I think yeah. it deserves to have, have, have an interest again. Yeah, and functionally, my wife's yep. tank is a, is a quartz. And she loves it, never has to wind it. You know, it's, it gets a new battery every whatever it is, four years or something yep. like that. And other than that, it's uh, it's perfect and wearable every day. So. And I believe one of your previous guests on this podcast series, uh, James Dowling, yep. um, he he said that actually quartz was the only major revolution or step forwards in the entirety of the 20th century in horology. So give it some credit. God's sake. Yeah, no, no, sure. I mean, it created two industries, right? It created the luxury industry yep. in many ways. Indeed. You either moved up or you moved out. You were, you, and then it created the, you know, the, the, the whole quartz, Far East manufacturing and huge explosion in, the, in watch wearing. Yeah, because I, I suppose before quartz, people didn't buy a mechanical watch as a luxury no. purchase. It's no, just, it's just a watch. It yeah. wasn't a mechanical watch, just a watch. Yep. So actually now, yeah, it meant people looked at mechanical watch. Yep. More of a, so. And it did go crazy back then. You, you're both too young to remember it all back then. But it, you used to be able to get a, a quartz watch with a full tank of petrol. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. But I, I, literally, that's what I got to do. Almost just giving them away at that point. You know, falling out. Do I get them in cereal? Falling out your breakfast cereal. Yeah, yeah. I remember I, that. I think you'd have yeah. to collect a few vouchers from the side of your cereal and then like sell a tape a twenty p coin <laughs> to it and then send it <laughs> off. Yeah, now, now we're showing our age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. those were the days. So okay, so um, uh, Ublo we talked about earlier, and um, you know about to celebrate the fortieth anniversary. Wonderful. No way. Wow. Technology and watch, and, and I personally love the classic fusion. Classic fusion, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Really, it's very elegant, but yep. still very contemporary. Yep. Yeah, it's it, a hybrid, really, isn't it? It's got a sporty look and feel to it, but it's still a very classic watch. Yeah, it's hard to believe that it's been that long that Hublot's been around because it still looks so yeah. fresh and new. Yeah, and obviously they experiment yep. greatly with yep. their designs. And uh, big watches again with uh, with men, but I think you know big women's watches too, thirty thirty three millimeter, and again true to what Hublot very much stands for with the case design and the rubber strap. Yeah, but is yeah. the is the rubber strap still vanilla scented? I didn't even know it was. Is that true? I don't know. I don't go that, that was, straps. That was one of the original USPs of Hublot wow. back in the eighties. They they pioneered the vanilla, and this is why it's it so long to market because it's the yeah. fortieth anniversary. But uh, it took them years to bring it to market. Because of the, the vanilla scented first strap. natural rubber. It was the first it natural. natural. That's yeah, right. it was the first yeah. ever natural, natural strap. Yes. That's why it took three years for them to yeah. get it out there. But. Yeah, but if what they impregnated it in some way with, oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very clever. Like those yeah. strawberry cupcake dolls. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but it better it smells of that than. Brian's going around sniffing straps and watching yeah. Switzerland. <laughs> So pilot watches, again, a very safe direction if you want to head uh, that way in the UK. We love our pilot watches in the UK and IWC do a beautiful uh, pilot. This is one of your favourites, the 39mm. I know, well, IWC's pilot's heritage is is one of the the best out there, isn't it? Their Mark 11 was issued to uh, 
RAF pilots from 1948, wasn't it? Yep. As, as the evolution of the WWW infantry watch they developed during the war. Now, all the way out to the 80s, RAF pilots were wearing, yep. and other pilots, many other, the Mark 11, which just goes to show the, the, uh, the cocktail was just right. Um, and yeah, this, this, this year's new Spitfire iteration of it yep. is just to die for that NATO strap in combination of the sort of patinated yep. superluminous is gorgeous but what wasn't trumpeted so much is the fact that it actually has IWC's first in-house base yep. automatic calibre which is in many ways like a harder thing to get right than a turbion or a chronograph because yep. you have to pump out well not pump out we're talking about luxury here but yep. in, in, in <laughs> relative to uh, to the world of luxury watchmaking you have to make a lot of these things and you've got to get it right first off yeah. and, and it, it's been years and years in the making yes so that's that's the appeal for me with that watch yeah and great value amazing yeah. value for an in-house yeah. automatic for just over four grand yeah it's, it's fantastic so another classic and uh if you think more of women in mind the, the jeju uh reverse yes well yeah talking about designs that just haven't changed i mean it's yeah. just amazing that 1931 and really, I mean, they've made it bigger. They've put different complications made in it. Made it square. Made yeah, it slightly square. Once. Yeah, but yeah. the actual yeah. essence of it hasn't changed at all. Yeah. And when you think that it was, it's the first sports watch as well, really. Yes. Invented for polo. Yeah. But it's just still so elegant. And the funny thing is that, as you must know, rectangular watches are notoriously difficult to sell. Yep. And there was a bit of a blip in the Reverso's history um, in the sort of late 60s, early 70s. But they've never compromised. I know you said there was one square one, but essentially they've never really changed that rectangular design to appeal to consumers. And it's yep. just stood the test of time. It's such an iconic piece. Yeah, and, and uh, actually our view has been, we, we track uh, K-shape and, uh, and dial colour and we check, we, we track every attribute. We, we have almost 40% of the UK market. So, so we're able to track across all of the brands for, for many, many years. And our view is that um, there was more of a demand for rectangle than was being really? supplied by the, the industry. Oh, interesting. And, and our view was, and, and there's since then been obviously with the relaunch of Santos and, yep. uh, and, and more activity around the Cartier tank and re the relaunch of Reversal with the kind of deco designs and all that they've done. Uh, there's been a resurgence uh, yes. overall. Do you think that's because but, people are becoming more experimental? They don't necessarily always want to have a round watch. Uh, perhaps, and I think the the interest in the kind of vintage and retro look brings yeah. with it, you know, more more. We're talking about the JFK yeah. that he wore before, so you look back in those years and you see a lot of uh, rectangular watches. I mean, we a more practical explanation we think is that there was a huge emphasis in the Asian market, and uh, there the interest is much more in the, in round watches overall. So we we almost think it was commercial rather than right. anything to do with uh, uh, you know any other trend. It does take a quite a robust wrist to carry off a, a kind of classically proportioned yeah. uh, reverso. But I guess with, with the resurgence of interest in rectangular watches and also the market responding to that, yep. um, there is a risk that you're just going to look like you're ripping off the reverso. It's so iconic. Yes. <laughs> it really got it just so. Um, the proportions are perfect. I'm sure golden ratio has been talked about and things. I don't know. The Swiss likes to talk about golden ratio, but it really does you know, have that very pleasing, perfect proportionality. Yep. And also, just the fiddle factor. Oh, click. The fiddle factor, yeah, just sitting true. on a bus or a train, yep. or on the back of a cab, just flipping it. Yep. I think it's, it's if, if you're a little bit kind of OCD or nervous uh, and you don't have any Greek worry beads, it's absolutely <laughs> perfect. Yeah, my, uh, my daughter-in-law has this uh, duetto that's here. Mm. And uh, it's a lovely practical proposition as well that like you do move from daytime to, to evening time. Not so good for polo, of course, because yeah, uh, yes. you've got another smashable uh, uh, bit of uh, crystal on the back. But yes, it's, it's instantly versatile, isn't it? Yes. Switch up from the... And very recognisable, like you say, beautifully elegant. Uh, we could, obviously, Patek, you know, wonderful gift of... If you can afford it, and if and if you can get it, and the, the real classics we're looking at here, the Calatrava. Well, I'd be very happy to receive anything from Patek, really. So, <laughs> darling wife. Yeah. Next uh, Christmas, take yeah, care I mean, of that. Yeah, that might be yeah. Christmas twenty. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, for for men, Patek have made it much easier now with the twenty-four automatic. If you want to, well, the the twenty-four has also always been 
perennially popular. I think amongst actually female self-purchasers, yes. more than in terms of gifting. Am I wrong? Yeah, right. Yes, you're entirely right, actually. And again, that combination of uh, of steel and diamond or a white gold and diamond quartz mm. movement, again, historically. But as a, as a, as a gift now, the, the automatic um, kind of redesign of the 24 um, means that you can kind of give the gift of mechanical yes. if, if you've always been a little bit snobbish about you know, giving your wife a quartz watch. There are some lovely yep. women's colour trousers though as well. Oh god, yeah, of course, yeah, yep. undoubtedly. But as as a as an as a, as a, as a new piece proposition designed solely for women, yeah. As yes. a new proposition from Patek as well. Yeah. It's so and classically it, Patek, and it's so simple. It is, yes. You know, so obvious, but yet so desirable at the end of the day. Yeah, but up yes, close. Yeah. It, yeah, there's actually so much more to it than when you just yeah. see it in a vitrine. It does. You're absolutely right. It looks just oh. Well, but the, yeah, the, the, the colour trial we're looking at next to that in 39mm, 39mm is a size, yep. that 38, 39mm has been a real trend for that size recently and it's, it's, it's not a men's size or a women's size, it's just kind of a mid-size, it's a nice elegant yep. size. So that colour trial without diamonds in black could also easily be a women's watch. Yep. You can't, or, or you can't a watch to share. Or a watch to share. Yes. Do we share watches? Why, yes. We used we, to share watches. Oh no, I steal all yours. Laura steals all mine because she can get away with it. The only watch Laura owned that I could steal and that I did on a regular basis is your proper first proper watch, the Bremont, Bremont uh, Solo. Uh, and then we found out that this um, bespoke watch strap manufacturer set up a workshop just up the road from us in Walthamstow. Lady called Mia Sable. She's actually now set up a B and B in Scotland. So, but right. her her thing was these beautifully hand stitched leather straps, but they only have one hole, right. one hole it's for, custom made to to fit my fit wrist. for the buckle. <laughs> so I, once you you had that done, which I yeah. bought, I bought you that strap. I don't know what I was thinking really. I could yeah. no longer wear that Bremont because obviously my wrist is a bit thicker. So I can't nick anything from you now. So if we if you bought me that color travel, then we could, yeah. we could share we something share else. I can see it happening. I think <laughs> by the end of this podcast, we'll have, a, we'll have sold a color travel. Yes, so, done. Yeah, it was my, uh, it wasn't my first luxury watch. My first luxury watch, a long time before I joined this company, uh, was a Datejust, it's a steel Datejust. Uh, but my second was a color travel. Lovely, it was. Uh, Very nice. Uh, uh, gold, hobnail, but a simple color travel, 39 mil. Beautifully yeah. elegant. What was my first proper watch? That was my it wasn't t- the Tissot that you won. That was the Tissot I won, yes. Yeah. Um, anyone who knows me will, will switch off now because they've heard this story millions of times. But <laughs> it's when my first kind of watch do when I started at QP as a wet behind the ears um, so-called watch journalist. And um, I, I got to go to the Tissot's 150th anniversary dinner when Michael Owen was uh, oh. was on hand to pull names out of a tombola and I got yeah. my name pulled out of a tombola and I yeah. got this heritage 150th chronograph and for about two weeks i didn't really know what it did i didn't know how to use how to use the buttons or know what the subdials yeah. did but i still treasure it anyway that yeah. was my first the mechanical thing. absolutely yeah, yeah. incredibly bargain yeah. it's like 900 quid back then yeah. and you get a, an auto chrono into the bargain yeah. with a class a deployment class an alligator strap yeah so yeah i treasure that yeah i've got a great tissue with a touch you uh, still got a tea touch yeah, yeah brilliant but, uh, I love it when the skiing you know, perfect you, you know what altitude you're at but somehow or other it's great to check it on your, your, on your watch and when you get up the ski lift telling your kids and then you well, t- we're now at, uh, we just passed 2,000 meters <laughs> your kids yeah. just dead yeah. <laughs> is it one of those ones where you, where you tap the screen and the, the, the hours and minutes hands instantly snap into yes. alignment and give you the compass yep it acts as a compass all meters so compass cool. Yep. so cool yeah alarm when I mean, the functionality of it's great and the fact that you are touching the screen and all. And that was the one Michael Owen uh, did do a lot of uh, Indeed. Is he still uh, with promotion? I don't, I don't think so. don't know what my client's up to these days. Yeah. Um, yeah and of course, we Speaking haven't talked classics. about Rolex yet. And, and clearly, if you're, you're, you're looking for a gift for Rolex, probably you're thinking about a Submariner or a GMT. But if you don't. didn't, if you didn't organise <laughs> it two, three years ago, forget it, you're too late. Uh, but there's beautifully classic uh, Rolex watches that make wonderful gifts, such as we're looking at here, the date just in 31 millimeter for a, for a woman. Well, the fact that you know the word Rolex has already come up about 15 times yep. since we started chatting is just says everything. Yeah, but it is the byword for luxury watch. Exactly. Yep. I, I think I was, I was told early on in my career that as a watch journalist, you're in the business of talking about anything other than Rolex because you're just trying to convince people that there are other watch brands out there. Yep. Um, but, but sometimes. 
somehow you just always come back to Rolex. You I just, know. You can't I, not. I, I, I wanted to be really clever and say, oh, no, I'm above Rolex. But actually, no, it's, it always happens. We always talk about it. Five years, once you know, know your watches, you just realise, yeah, they're, they're the best watches in the world. They, they are. Deserve, they deserve their prestige, yep. covetability, because they just make damn good movements. Yes. Quality control is just off the charts. Yes. Um, Indestructible. It'll hold yep. its value. Recognisable. Absolutely. Uh, you do have it. Uh, you do have them forever, and uh, and they're just beautiful, elegant pieces at the end of the day. It's so global currency. It's a global currency. I had some anecdote about the fact that you know, soldiers behind the enemy lines, covert ops soldiers, make sure they wear a Rolex because you can always bargain. You, know, bargain you can bargain your way out of anything with a Rolex because no, it's yeah. universally recognised value yeah. form of currency. Yeah, yeah everyone yeah. knows. Sergeant Belter. Gold it's sovereigns and it's not really a reason to buy one for Christmas. Hopefully, yeah. you won't have to gift, <laughs> gift yeah, it to some. You know, what the future, what the future holds. Buy a Rolex, bribe your way out of a prison. You know. yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah. moving swiftly on. But yeah, I mean, these two we're looking at, I think, are a beautiful example. Both in thirty-one millimeter is for Rolex the most popular. Uh, 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 women's size uh, that we have, and it is a nice size. Yes. Actually, my wife, and I keep going about my family for some reason, but my wife has a 31 millimeter with a mother of pearl dial that we're looking at here. Mother of pearl, gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that lovely bicolor bracelet is oh, yeah. something about it. Yeah, and again, it's something that's very classically Rolex, the, uh, the Rolosaur. Making their own gold, their own alloy. Don't make their own gold, but they make their own. Have they got their own foundry? They have their own yes. foundry. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they make their own ceramic. They take yeah. things very seriously. Yeah. Right? I mean, everything is, is now vertical. And we always say the press gifts. We shouldn't really talk about them, but yeah. like when you get their press, they are the most exquisitely made it's, things. It's, it's the best yes. wallets in the world. They'll be yes. the best cufflinks in the world. I mean, the best jackets. cashmere scarf in the world. It's just everything. Everything they do is the best. Some of the chocolates. yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so someone else told me that imagine if Rolex went into making and marketing something like sunglasses or pens. Yeah. You know, that they would just be the best made, most durable glasses yeah. or pens. But I think it's wonderful that they've never done that. No, no. precisely. You know, they, they, they just make never the best watches and, and that's all we do. Too we cool they make more of them. Mm. And they demand <laughs> them. And I hope someday they develop something. Yeah, about my GMT Master 2 Batman. No? No. no. Oh, fair enough. I'll try <laughs> Um, and then you know on uh, on men's I, I think the beautifully classic uh, Rolex of course is the uh, is the day date um, but that I think is probably the most iconic. Yes, uh, without a doubt. I've, never, I've never seen the blue dial version lovely, of this. It? It's yeah. the first time I've seen the, the kind of metallic sheen. Yeah. That blue dial is so lovely. Yeah. With the fluted, is it? Do they call it a fluted bezel? Yes, pie crust. Pie, no, not, pie crust. Pie crust. So fluted bezel. Fluted. Okay. Yeah. Pie crust is is Amiga. Sorry. Yes, come on. Paul Neal, or uh, try to remember what it is in French for the uh, Batek. Oh. The clue. Uh, I'll include the thingy. But it's the, the hobnail bezel. Yeah. yeah Got it. A, yeah. I wish I had done a research. On my list is to get um, a DD in a foreign language. Oh, you um, have oh, your. I've, I've got a Seiko um, a Black Monster. So they're going to what would now be a prospects, and I, I always have it set to the Spanish day, oh, yeah. okay. and then I just love it when Sunday comes around. The thing that I always wear my Seiko on Sundays because uh, Dom, what's Spanish for Sunday? Instead of sun, I have Dom, yeah. and it's in red, and I love the fact it's oh, okay. a little pop up of red. But James, yes. we were talking about this with James Day when we mentioned him earlier, and he said they actually do a Latin. <laughs> Wish That's it. very pretentious. Yeah. Which yeah. which foreign language would you have then? The day French? you'd have French. Would I? I, I think I'd have French. Yeah. You would. Yeah. Not Arabic or something like that. Do they do in Arabic? Oh, yeah, you, sure know, you, you, could, you could start getting through languages, couldn't you? Oh, Japanese uh, would be yeah. would look really cool as yeah. well. But then you'd never really know what day it was. Oh, I guess. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could do an Andy Warhol. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Isn't, isn't that Loaded Magazine's tagline? Isn't it yeah. for for men who don't know what day it is? Yeah. I'm sorry. Wasn't that Loaded Magazine's, the controversial Loaded Magazine in the I 90s? Yeah, their, their slogan was, for men who don't know what day it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. And then Tag, uh, we love Tag in the UK. Again, very, very popular brand here. And uh, yep. with, a, with a great you know, value and assortment of product that, uh, that we're looking at here. The Formula One, hugely popular. So many stories this year, weren't there? It's the yes. 50th anniversary of Monaco's, the Ortavia, yeah. Yeah. with their carbon nanotube balance spring. It's That's just amazing. Yeah. There's just so much yeah, I just couldn't keep on. up. Yes. A lot going on. But, yeah. but these ones here are, well, you can't go wrong, really, can you? The Monaco Blue Dial, 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's on my bucket list. Yeah. If, if Laura needs any ideas. Oh, thanks. Any further one, ideas. One. Yep. And the, again, Acris, talking about women's divers, it's another rare example yes. of... I'm sure someone told me that... Um, it's Cameron Diaz... Was once was the brand, a, brand ambassador. Brand ambassador, but the reason why she wanted to be ambassador of the Aqua Race was because she actually used it to dive. Oh, right. She really loved yeah. it. She loved the fact that it was. It looked so elegant. I mean, you wouldn't peg that as a tool watch, yeah. but it actually is. Yeah. And it's so. It's that wonderful kind of blend of practicality, but still looks good when you get the wetsuit off. Yeah. And I do think that the, the, if, if you're buying for a younger, yeah, maybe your, your son or, or the Formula One is is the perfect purchase yes. its way into proper watches. Yeah. Well being there's a tremendous can... heritage for Tracker as well. It's very real. It's not that anybody can try out an association with Chronograph and the development of Chronograph. And again, we talked about that actually on a previous podcast with Jack Howard, and he talked the reality of you know that race to get the first uh, you know mechanical Chronograph, oh. uh, automatic Chronograph. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting. And then yes, the uh, the monocle. You've got to get the white boiler suit with it as well, right? Indeed. <laughs> yes. Try to pull off that look. I think there was only one man who yeah. could pull that off. Yeah. <laughs> Steve McQueen, the only man who could pull off a boiler suit. Yeah. Yeah. Again, on that uh, podcast with David Jack Howard, he talks about how they got seven of them. For that is amazing. I've read the story in his um, autobiography. Oh, you yeah. just can't believe the chutzpah. It's just... Yeah. And the, the amazing thing is that the guy who is given the task of literally you know, pegging it down down the uh, the auto route to Le Mans where they're filming it with a box of yep. watches once they signed the signed the, the paperwork um, was Gerd Rudigan Lang who ended up setting up Crow yeah. Swiss but he was working for Hoyer at the time so yep. I just love the idea of this good lackey turning up with a yep. box of watches actually turning out to be one of the most important uh, watchmakers to kind of revive interest in the, back in the 80s but uh, anyway yeah. Yeah. missing out on the customs by the way indeed he sneaked it past didn't he all in all, all seven all. amazing story yeah, finish up with one of the most iconic images in our industry yeah. it's, a, it's a great story I love all these stories of it and then you know finally Tudor uh, we all, we all love, we all love Tudor yeah amazing so, and now the, the, the news of their Kinesi manufacturer um, which Chanel and 20% of, I think that's how the news came to light, but they really are making their own movements, not in the mothership Rolex. They have their own separate facility making their own bloody excellent But they're just so cool. They look so cool, and I got very excited when, was it a couple of years ago, they reduced the size of the Black Bay because it was just a little bit too big for my wrist, but now there's a slightly smaller version. Yeah. which I'm very happy about. So you've got, yeah, you've got the modern movement, but you've also got all those t- tales of daring do, yeah. the, uh, the French naval frogmen yeah. wearing yeah. them throughout the 60s. Yeah. It's such a potent kind of cocktail yeah. of cool uh, factor. Again, it's very, very real. All the stories are talking about their heritage and so on. And then they have the resources of the, the mothership and all that. Yep. So it's not surprising that it's some, such a wonderful proposition. And so reasonable. Yeah, yeah, the prices that we're looking at here, like yeah, the, the, the 41 millimeter at two four fifty, tremendous value for money. That's the biggest product. Personally, I think it's underpriced. Don't say that. Yeah, uh, I do. Buy yeah. yours now. Yeah. Well, the, the the reason the reason they were used by the the the, um, the, the naval divers back in the sixties is because the Tudor Submariner, as it was known back then, was yeah. the affordable yeah. option. They couldn't. They, the people, the, the quartermasters actually uh, buying these things couldn't afford the Rolex yeah. so yeah that's so, uh, great to talk to and, and just some others we said I think quite like if you're um, if you're looking to buy a gift and you're, you're not sure then going for the best sellers going for the big brands and so on clearly they're safe way to go but uh, for the more adventurous out there people want to do things a, a little more niche I just kind of pull out some thoughts for them and, and given that you met over yeah, real launch <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Autoplano is just brilliant again. So lovely. But you've you've picked out really adventurous Autoplanos here, skeletonized yeah. and gem set, set, gem set skeleton, gem which set is, bridges, which is again, impossible. but this kind of ties into what we were talking about with Cartier. Piaget is again one of those few houses that has that jewelry knowledge as well as the watchmaking knowledge and that's why these Altiplanos are just so special I mean, to actually stone set bridges yep. is 
I mean, phenomenal. Yes, you can't, yeah, you can't mess with the geometry of a bridge because everything hinges on it, literally, yeah. in some cases. Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, those stones stone have to be bang on. There's, yeah. there's no compromise. They do have such skill. I mean, some of their high jewelry pieces are yes. absolutely incredible. Yeah. And then, of course, a couple of years ago, the reintroduction of Paul. Always, yes. Uh, well, that's your favourite. My favourite, only because of the Ryan Reynolds Association. I yeah, think he came. He came on board um, as the ambassador for that particular watch. I think he represents all the men's watches now, including the Osplano. But yeah, he. Um, yeah, he, he. I think the story goes that he was uh, particularly attracted to or convinced to be the brand ambassador for Piaget because of his love for planes, trains, and automobiles. He knows the script back to front, and he uh, he particularly loves that moment where Steve Martin um, pays for the motel that he and uh, John Candy have to share yep. with with a Piaget Polo. I think that's yeah, that's just such a great story. Watches being currency again. <laughs> exactly, <Indeed>. absolutely. <laughs> So when the entire financial system collapses, the only thing we're going to be able to trade with is our watches. watches. Goats and watches. It takes it back to the origins of watchmaking, really. Indeed. Back up a mountain again with the... Dairy farmers of the Jura. Indeed, turning to making watches in the wintertime. So we've looked at some beautiful PSUs, but just to mention, they they did something really unusual, I think, great for introducing an amazing... The possession line. Yes, very cool. For, uh, for less than three and a half. That's extraordinary. So, so talk about getting a wonderful brand for an amazing price. If, uh, if that's what you're looking for. And, and as a gift. And as a gift, it's just it's a, classic. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. It's the, every, every, no one can have too many dressy cocktail watches. Diamond set yeah. as well. You just can't go wrong with yeah. this. It's yeah. just everything yeah, it needs color, to be. Yes, they've done so well with bringing colour. This yeah. really amazingly vibrant colours on yep. the, for the possession. Yep. You picked a beautiful, very evening dark blue strap here, but I think, don't they have them in like hot pinks and yeah. greens vibrant, and yes. like yep. aqua blues? Yeah, but beautiful things to accessorise. Yes, nice yeah, and, uh, very nice much so. And uh, I, I get a wonderful product again for, the, for a woman is the, the Chopin Happy Diamonds, real classic. I love this. Yeah. And of course this was controversial. Yeah. Because it was in the 90s, when Scher- Caroline Scherfler was charged with revamping the yeah. Happy Diamonds, which was originally a man's watch, yeah. weirdly. What? Yeah, it was. It's, it, it was a square, cushion-shaped, and it was a man's watch. Wow. I take a very bold man to wear it. But, yeah, um, yeah when she, she presented this steel watch with the diamonds skittering the dark, and everyone was like, you can't have steel and diamonds. This is going to be an absolute yeah. failure. Of course, Caroline proved them all wrong, and it's gone on to be... An absolute icon for Chopin, the yeah. Happy Diamonds. Why haven't yeah. done a men's version again then? Oh, the men's the men's version. Have you seen pictures? No, I must look into that. Oh go my on. god! Choose your words carefully. No, no, it's 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 amazing. Oh, it but is. It's, oh, right. okay. I don't know what man would wear it. That's my only. <laughs> that would be my only reservation. I think but there are ads. Right. There are ads with a man wearing it. Yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, I'm going. It's been a very educational <laughs> You haven't been taking notes though, Brian. Yeah, Come on, yeah it's all here. Oh, it is? Now. Okay, well, I can Don't give worry. you mine if I want. <laughs> so, I've been, been great to uh, more unusual uh, products for women, and if something unusual, if you want to get something a little more edgy for the men, I've, I've picked out the least number. Well, you said this is, this is, is for the man who has everything. That's yeah. just proper boss. Bit of, bit of gadgetry. I mean, Bonkers horology. Literally from the man who's got everything. I mean, yeah. it's, it's an extraordinary bit of engineering. I can't believe the price point is as low as it is these yeah. days. I don't know if that's been shifted in recent years, but to have all that silicon technology, you know, wrapped up in a in a carousel tourbillon, you know, hour hand that doubles as a movement. It's it's something out straight out of sci-fi. And yeah. and, and for nineteen thousand pounds, that's that's not a lot by watchmaking yeah. standards. No, not for all that technology, as you say. It's yeah. it looks so really, cool. A lot of really good things happening at Gulishnada, we believe so, as a, a brand that we think is really going uh, be a lot bigger in the, in the years ahead. They've got a real kind of confidence and attitude yeah. about them, whether, whether it's in the advertising that they do, the shark or whatever it may be, <laughs> or most importantly, as, as you say, with the technology and the product. So, again, Did something that somebody, if you want something unusual, like you say, for the guy that's got everything. It's the perfect watch. They made components out of monocrystalline diamond back in the 2000s. I don't know if they still do that, but gosh, they're just growing diamonds into pinions and wheels and things. It's 
Well, you know, it's out this world. I can truly say I'm embarrassed by your watch knowledge overall. <laughs> oh, uh, it's been wonderful to, to listen to you both in the in chat. And just to, to put you on the on the spot, what would be if you were putting telling Santa what you were looking for for uh, an Annie, and he was only going to get you a luxury watch from what we've uh, we've discussed more and more today? What would be top of your list? Um, absolute like money, no object. It would yeah. have to be the Altiplano 900p with the diamond set bezel. All right. The 900p. That's mm -hmm. a, that's actually whole memory of the Seville 2011. <laughs> that's what's really influencing that. I just nick that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, actually, make sure it's got more than one hole in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not taking that to me. Um, I think it's a toss-up. It's 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 either nothing nothing too outrageously overpriced. You'll be relieved to hear, Laura. But yeah, that that Monaco, blue dial Monaco. I know it's I know it's a bit of a, an obvious choice, but um, yeah, that's yeah. that's still on my bucket list. If not that new IWC pilots. Yeah, Indeed, the, the 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 green NATO yeah. and the kind of patination. I just yeah. think it embodies all all that is cool about IWC way yeah. back when and now. Yeah, so. oh, great. Well, it's been a real pleasure to uh, speak to you both. Our pleasure. Thank, pleasure. You very much thank you very much for coming in. Thanks. And uh, to our listeners out there, then uh, uh, thank you for listening. This is our twenty uh, second um, podcast that we're doing. We're almost getting to the anniversary of, uh, of when we started. Uh, a year ago and uh, you can get us on, uh, on Apple Podcasts, you can get us through our Calibre uh, magazine or through any of our, uh, any of our websites. So, so thank you for listening and uh, Alex and Laura, thank you very much for joining me. Thank, thank you. you.